Father, we thank you tonight. Once again, we come before your presence. We bless your name for the spread that's before us. Thanking you for the power of the Holy Spirit to break open the seal of your word. We thank you that our hearts are ready to receive the engrafted word that is able to save our lives. We thank you for a time of refreshing from your presence. Quicken us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, we bless you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Please give me Proverbs 4.23 in the Good News Translation. Proverbs 4.23. So tonight we are continuing on the series that we began on Sunday morning on having the mind of Christ. The opening scripture is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 16 of the Amplified Classic Translation. I will not read that right now, but we may read that at some point uh, during the message. But for tonight, let's just begin with this scripture in Proverbs 4.23. And as I said last night, I want to address tonight uh, the subtitle, Negative Thoughts Are Not Your Thoughts. Negative Thoughts Are Not your thoughts. Uh, last night, I threw out some numbers, uh, some scientific numbers, uh, which says that 50,000 to 60,000 thoughts go through our minds each day. That's kind of hard to, to really get a hold of. I mean, when I first saw that figure, I said, wait a minute, I mean, 50,000 thoughts? 50, 50,000 to 60,000, scientifically. And of those 50 to 60,000, we are told that about 87% of those are negative. So scientists have confirmed that negative thoughts create stress, which upsets the body's hormone balance, depletes the brain of chemicals, require for happiness, and damages the immune system. Now, how many of you here tonight say, Do I want some negative thoughts? <laughs> After hearing what I just read. <laughs> Let me say that again. Negative thoughts create stress. I think that's not a, that's not a rocket science. I think everybody here can, can relate to that. You can relate to how you, know, you start thinking negatively about certain things, and you get stressed up. It's just unbelievable. Amen? But this stress upsets the body's hormone balance, depletes the brain of chemicals required for happiness, and damages the immune system. Now, I'm reading this up front so you and I can understand that having negative thoughts, it's not a luxury. If you do that and you keep on doing that, you won't be here for much longer. If you're here, or if you're here, your brain is going to be fried. So now, we all have felt the effects that negative, fearful thoughts have on our bodies and minds. All of us have felt at some point in time. Now, I said this last night, but I'm going to repeat it again. Scientists have said that 87 to 
87 to 95% of current mental and physical illness comes from our thought lives. Think about that. That is a lot. Between 87 to 95% of all mental and physical illness comes from our thought lives. The effect that thoughts have on your mind and body is a matter of life and death. Negative thoughts are toxic. They create negative emotions that have a negative impact on our minds, our relationships, our productivity, our success, our finances, our health, and self-image. That is huge. Now, what we experience in this life comes from our thought lives. And I have the scripture on the screen now. Proverbs 4.23 in the Good News Translation. It says, be careful how you think. Why? Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Many of us right now, this evening, as we sit down here, as we listen to this message, we're a product of our thought life. Every word we speak, every decision we make, every action we take begins in our thoughts. That is why embracing the truth that we have the mind of Christ is imperative to your entire well-being. So now please give me that scripture now in 1 Corinthians 2.16 there in the Amplified Classic Translation. Embracing the truth that we have the mind of Christ is imperative. It's not, it's not a matter of luxury. If we agree that every word we speak, every decision we make, every action we take begins in our thoughts, and if we understand that negative thoughts are toxic, that they create negative emotions that have a negative impact on our minds, our relationships, our productivity, our success, our finances, our health and self-image. So we shouldn't take this lightly at all. 1 Corinthians 2.16 in Amplified says, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and the purposes of our Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But... We have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Now, a key word there is that word have in that first Corinthians 2.16. Notice it did not say we will have. It's not a futuristic thing. It says, but we have. So the, the point is clearly made in scriptures that you and I, as born-again believers, do in fact, right now, presently, have the mind of Christ. Now, since you and I have the mind of Christ, it means clearly then that every negative thought that enters our mind is not our thoughts. It did not originate from us. So the question then is, where do these negative, destructive thoughts come from? First of all, some of some may argue and say, well, wait a minute, what do you mean uh, because I have the mind of Christ? 
these negative thoughts did not originate from us. I'm going to, I'm going to show you scriptures and, and tell you that in a minute. But, but one very quick reference point to help us understand that the negative thoughts don't come from us is, all you have to do is look at the Lord Jesus Christ, the pattern son, and ask yourself the question, did Jesus have negative thoughts when he was alive on planet Earth? Okay, nobody is talking. Okay, let, let, me, let me break it down further. Let, let me break it down further. Did Jesus have any negative feelings, number one, towards himself? Good. Did he have any negative feelings towards those around him? No. Absolutely not. Did he have any negative thoughts about God the Father? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, so I guess what I'm trying to say to us is, let's use Jesus. The first, uh, first among many brethren. Let's use him as a pattern. What, what was his mind like? How did he operate? And when, and when we look at that, we realize he lived a totally stress-free uh, loving, peaceful, joyful, all of those things life. He did not have all the baggage. Amen? Now, the question was, where do these negative, destructive thoughts come from? I think all of us agree already that negative thoughts are destructive. There's no question about that. You, you, you keep on thinking, Negatively long enough, uh, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are looking to destroy yourself. So let's go first to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8 in the New Living Translation. <laughs> NLT. Thank you. There we go. Stay a lot. I think the only time, uh, I mean, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the special teachings, when we were doing the praying, Pastor Tosin kept on mentioning this issue of being a lot. I don't know if anybody remembers that. that that's a very important thing. Stay a lot. Okay? Watch out for your great enemy. The devil is identified. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So now, what's this scripture saying? Is it saying like a lion is going to come out of the zoo and just come to your house and break through your door and, and eat you up? No. 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 But it says we should stay a lot. Watch out. Because this enemy, the devil... It's not going to come like a real king, lion king uh, bouncing around and trying to break through your door. And eat. No, that's not what it does. It prowls around like a royal lion looking for someone to devour. That word, devour, in this verse actually means to destroy or to overwhelm with sorrow or sadness. That word devour in that verse means to destroy or to overwhelm with what? With sorrow or sadness. You can see this in the Blue Letter Bible. So the point there is, 
Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking to destroy or overwhelm you with sorrow or sadness. That would be the appropriate translation of that verse when you look at the meaning of that word devour. So the enemy, or not the enemy, the Bible is telling me and you to stay alert because he's going to throw things at you that will cause overwhelming sorrow and sadness if you are not alert and watching out. Because these thoughts, these things that's going to come at you, you will think you own them. You will think you are the one thinking these things because it's happening inside of you. But the Bible wants us to know, stay alert. Watch out. Now, let me ask you this question. Let me, let, let me, let, let's throw this out. Uh, okay, so maybe, maybe many homes here don't have fences. But there are some homes that have fences, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there any homes in the United States with fences? Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> if, if you are in your home that is fenced, and you saw a strange person climbing over the fence to come to your house, are you going to say, oh, hello, how are you doing? No. Oh, this is interesting. You are climbing over the fence to come to my house. I mean, is that the kind of conversation you're going to have? Absolutely not. When you are alert and you are watching out and you see a stranger violate your space, what do you do? You stop. You respond. You meet, you resist whatever that violation is. You just don't lay down and say, oh, come on now. Don't do that now. You know that's not nice. You're trying to break into my house. Come on. My flat screen TV. Really? Is that what you're coming for? You don't have that kind of a conversation. You resist whatever that thing is. That's what the Bible is saying. Stay alert. Watch out. There's a devil. There's an enemy. And this enemy's job is to penetrate you with things, thoughts that are overwhelming, that's going to cause sorrow and sadness. If somebody told you to come and get an injection, and they said, listen, once you get this injection, you're going to be sad, you're going to be sorrowful, you're going to have a bad day. Is there, would you volunteer for that? Oh, <laughs> none of us will volunteer for that. But that's exactly what the enemy is doing. Amen? So Jesus taught the same truth in John 10.10. 10. Give that to me, uh, the, the Passion Translation. John 10 verse 10. We're trying to unpack where negative thoughts come from. Neg Thank you, John 10.10. 10. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Amen? Amen. So now, let's, let's just address this right on. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Verses 2 and 3, also in the Passion Translation. Let's really break it down now. Where do these negative, destructive thoughts come from? We already know, as a born-again believer who has the mind of Christ, those thoughts don't come from you. Why? Because we know Jesus didn't have them. If Jesus didn't have them, you and I should not have them. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3. 
There you go, in the Passion Translation, ma'am. Second Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3. Praise God. Thank you very much. Look at what Paul is saying here. So you need to know that God's passion is burning inside me for you because like a loving father, I have pledged your hand in marriage to Christ, your true bridegroom. I have also promised that I will present his fiancé to him as a pure virgin bride. Verse 3. Now, this is the key verse in understanding what we're saying. But now, Paul goes on to say, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts, that's, that's what we're talking about tonight, right? Thoughts. Negative thoughts are not your thoughts. That's the subject tonight. Your thoughts may be corrupted and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. Now, this is the classic verse in helping us understand that negative thoughts are not your thoughts. Let's go back to what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3. It's using the situation at the garden, Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were created, the Bible tells us they were made in God's image and likeness. Is that correct? Yes. So if that is true, what were they lacking? Nothing. Nothing. They lacked nothing. They were made in God's image and likeness. God made them, they were not only complete, the Bible says God went and checked over his word, or rather his work, and said it was good and very good. So God's assurance to Eve was, you are complete. You are good. You are excellent. You are very good in fact. You are done. There's nothing lacking in you, nothing broken, nothing needs to be added. That's God's testimony. So what happened? The serpent came and had a conversation with Eve. Has God truly said? Do you, do you remember that passage? Yes. In Genesis chapter 2? Yes. So the, the serpent came to deceive Eve. Watch this. To believe a lie about God, what was the lie? God did not make it complete. What was the lie? Oh, I, you really believe that? You think you're complete? You don't think you lack anything? In fact, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God. Remember? They were made in the image of God already. They were already like God. So the serpent came to deceive Eve to believe a lie about God, number one. And then, yes, Pastor Abike, also about herself. Really? You really think you're complete? Are you sure? It made you five feet tall. You should have been six feet. <laughs> just, just, just give you something. Just offer you something to make you really feel, you know what, I really need, I really, I really, I really lack in this area. So usually what happens with us is, 
we are sold a bill of goods that caused us to believe a lie about God, believe a lie about ourselves, and ultimately believe a lie about those around us. That's what happens. But notice this passage, what it says. Because we are trying to tell us, we're trying to convince us, we're trying to establish all of us that negative thoughts are not your thoughts. They always come from outside of you. Because in this passage, Revelation. What are you doing, girl? 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. When did you change this thing? <laughs> You're doing a good job. Praise God. I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> Thank you. Give, that, give it to me in the passion. Look at what it says. But now I'm afraid that, you, that just as Eve was deceived... Who deceived Eve? It serpent. Where did the serpent come from? Within her or outside of her? Outside. 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 So what happened to Eve is what's happened to most of us. The deception always comes from outside us. It cannot get in us until we buy into it and believe it. Once you believe it, you own it. And it's always going to come in a way, in the form of a way that says, that, 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 that tells you, that, that, that tells a lie or makes you believe a lie about God, makes you believe a lie about yourself, or makes you believe a lie about those around you. Huge. That's why husbands are not pleased with their wives, because they think the wife is not meeting a need, or, or vice versa, the husband is not meeting a need. Why? Because you believe a lie about God, about your spouse, about yourself. And once you buy into that, you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are deep in the weeds. Deep in the weeds. So, let's, so I, I want us to see from that passage that the same thing is happening to God's children today. The issue or the idea of believing the negative things that comes to bombard us from without. And like I said earlier, if someone offered you poison, would you drink it? And the answer is, no, you will not. So now the question then is, let, let's, let's tackle this. How? How does the enemy plant negative thoughts? We already said usually we will believe a lie about God, believe a lie about ourselves, or believe a lie about those around us. And, and, and we're going to get to a message maybe tomorrow or day after tomorrow where when you have the mind of Christ, you believe the best about everybody. <laughs> that sounds like a high threshold. But when you have the mind of Christ, you believe the best about everybody. That's the way Jesus operated. Haret <laughs> said, do you trust them too? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a different subject. That's a different, that's a really, God believes the best about everybody. He does. Including, <laughs> including the Pharisees. Because for, for God so loved the world, he gave his only beloved son. Now, 
it may differ with them on policies. We, we must always make a distinction between um, choice and approval. I may disagree with you on an issue or on a point, but that does not mean that uh, I disapprove of you. Do you understand that distinction? I may disagree on a particular issue. I just, I'm sorry, I don't see it like that. I appreciate your position, but I don't see it like that. I disagree. But disagreeing with you does not mean I disapprove of you. Big distinction. So Jesus disagreed with the Pharisees. But he still shed his blood for them. Yeah. And when we understand that concept in human relationship, it clears up a lot of things. Especially for those of us that are married, or even those of us that have children. The fact that I disagree with my spouse on a point or on a situation does not mean I disapprove of her. I just disagree on this issue. But if you don't understand that, you may take a disagreement as a disapproval. Then it becomes a personal issue. You get upset because now you think I've been disapproved. Rather than understanding that this is an issue of disagreement. Let's disagree agreeably. You can do that. Amen? Amen. Okay. So how does the enemy plant negative thoughts today? How, do, how does it happen? So there are chains of unrelated events or activities that the enemy uses to produce negative thoughts, which ultimately destroys people if not checked. This chain of events are seen very clearly in the deception of Eve. So... Now I'm trying to address how. How exactly does this happen? How do I get myself exposed to the point where I start having negative thoughts? And we can see some of that chain of events when we look at what happened to Eve. First thing that happens is exposure. Eve was exposed to the serpent. Exposure. Who am I exposed to? Or what am I exposed to? On a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a minute by minute basis. Um, there is a scripture I'm looking for now that just escapes me for a minute. If you don't, if you, many of us understand that if you play around with a pig, <laughs> you're going to get, uh, I don't, if you wear a tuxedo, but you play around with a pig, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get nasty. <laughs> you're going to get nasty. Why? Because you expose yourself to a pig. Yeah. Eve exposed herself to Satan. Uh, no, it was a serpent. Okay? When serpent showed up, either she should have left or commanded serpent, Satan to leave. You, you don't hang around it. You don't hang around it. Okay, translation for you and I. What are we exposing ourselves to on a daily basis? 
Is it bad news reports? Is it bad books? Is it bad TV shows? For instance, you sit down all night and watch horror movies. <laughs> I know you're talking about you have nightmares. <laughs> I mean, come on, is, is that rocket science? <laughs> you watch, I, I, till this day, I don't understand how people, now, nah, this is just me now, old school, let me confess that ahead of time, but I don't know how people watch Star, Star Trek. With those demonic looking heads, I mean, they, look, they have horns on their head. I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, why would I sit down, pay money, and watch this crazy looking thing, and then you go, you, you start sleeping, they are chasing you in your sleep. <laughs> All right, Pierre, I know, you, I know you like Star Trek, I'm sorry. <laughs> you see, I caught you there. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't, I did, well, I still don't. I don't like snakes. So, so Faith is a National Geographic snake-watching person. I said, I say, child, I daddy, let's watch it. I said, no, I don't like watching these stupid things. <laughs> because when I watch those things, man, at night, they're chasing me. <laughs> well, I've been exposed. So the first point of contact for any negative thoughts is your exposure. That's why Proverbs 4.23 says in NKJV, guard your hearts with all diligence. That word heart there means mind. Guard your mind with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. So if you know you have problems with nightmare, It'd be crazy for you to go and start watching horror movies. That's exposure. So if you want to get over the fear or the nightmares, get rid of the exposure. Don't keep on exposing yourself and then pray and say, God, deliver me from this nightmare. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So the first point of contact is the exposure. The next one is think. How we process what we hear or see. Next one is feel. Our emotions are affected by what we see or hear. Case in point. Case in point. Two years ago, Super Bowl. Atlanta Falcons and New England Patriots. You see that? I just mentioned that. People are already sad. <laughs> once once I, met, I just mentioned the event. And depression takes over people. I, I, I know, I know, I, I won't mention names, but I know pastors right now, today, today, when we, when we just sit down and talk and we just mention that incident, oh my gosh, <laughs> a serious spirit of depression just, <laughs> yeah, because what we see and think and feel affects our emotions. As you, as you are sitting down right now, if you think of an occasion, maybe you're, the, 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 when you got married, when you graduated from school, when you had your child, something good. When something good happened in your life, the moment you think of that good incident, what do you think happens? That spirit that prevailed at that incident takes over, comes over. That's what remembrance does. 
That's the reason for which God told Israel, remember, remember, remember. He constantly encouraged them to remember the wonderful, mighty things he did for them. Why? Because when they remember or recall those good events, their spirits are lifted up. But the opposite is also true. If you've been, if you've been uh, violated, maybe, maybe, maybe you are robbed. Maybe you are violated. Somebody stole your car, came to your house, bungled your properties, or molested. Any negative things that happens. If you think about those things, if you're not careful, you gain back into that spirit of whatever happened when, when that thing happened. Amen? Amen. So exposure, thinking about it, feeling about it. Now, when the exposure and the thinking and the feeling are not checked, you get to the next point, which is the decision. You make decisions based on what we see or hear. Now, all of us need to take real note of that. Decisions. Making decisions on the basis of what you've seen or heard. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 23, do not judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. What you see or what you hear may not always give you all the information you think you're looking for. So you've got to be very careful. And that's why it's important to have the mind of Christ because with the mind of Christ, you are not judging based on appearance. No. You are making a decision based on calm, sound, balanced mind. So exposure leads to thinking, leads to feeling, leads to decision, and decisions lead to actions. We act out our decision. We act out our decisions. Over a period of time, as we keep on acting out these decisions, it becomes a habit. Actions over time become habits. And habits over time make up our character. And then, of course, the result of our past decisions becomes our destination. So if you want to change your destination, you need to go back and look at how you've been behaving, what are the habits you've uh, developed over the years, what actions, decisions, feelings, and thinking, and exposure you've had. It all goes back to exposure. That's where it starts. So you have to be very careful what you expose yourself to. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Please give me Ephesians chapter 6, verses 16 through 17. So in the, in the Passion Translation. So I just showed you the chain of events through which the enemy plant negative thoughts. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, 1, 6 through 17. Thank you. In every battle, 
Take faith as your wrap-around shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. So again, this is a confirmation. These thoughts do not originate from you. Please understand that. They're always coming at you from the evil one. You are not an evil one. You are a child of God. Did I finish reading that verse 16, Revelation? Are you sure? Go back there again, please. Okay, yeah, you, you, you did, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's your goggles that's confusing me. Verse 17, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet. Look at what it says. To protect what? Your thoughts on lies. I'm telling you, this is, this is what happens between your ears. This is where the battle takes place. Those lies, lies about God. Ah, God don't care about you. God don't love you. God will not deliver you. God will not save you. God will not provide uh, for your mortgage, for your car. God don't care. Oh, God loves, but maybe not me. Very subtle. And if Eve, who was made in God's image and likeness, back then when there was no sin, in the age of innocence, can be deceived to think that she was lacking something. Can you imagine how subtle and convincing these lies can be? That's why, we have to have, that's why we have to know the promises of God that we read last night. His promises are yes in Christ and amen. But if you, don't know, if you are not settled on those promises, I don't believe that God really truly cares and loves you. Things happen around you. Yeah, those things are real. And Amy will say to you, yep, this is God, 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 you're in trouble. God is, yeah, he's punishing you for this. And if you listen long enough, you get sucked into it. And once you bite into that lie, it's got you hooked. But the Bible tells us, Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. There's a deliverance for you and I in our salvation. Psalms 103 says, He's redeemed us from destruction. Amen. It's not that He's going to do so, He has already redeemed us from our destruction. Begin to read that, that Psalms 103. Don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. It starts with, blessed are all my soul, and all that's within me. Blessed are all my soul. And then it says, forget not his benefits. Why is he asking us not to forget? Because he knows we have the tendency to forget. He said, don't forget the benefits. And he said, listen to those benefits. He forgives our iniquities, he heals our diseases. He redeems our soul from destruction and crowns our head with tender loving kindness. Come on, guys. <laughs> so when that lie comes, remember you have benefits. And counter those lies with the promises of God's benefits in your life. 
Those promises are yes in Christ, but you and I have to say amen to it. You don't say amen to it, you don't own it. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. That's how we ended last night. Prayer changes us, but faith changes things. Prayer changes us, but faith changes things. But faith is not activated until you speak it. There's a reason why God, even at creation, spoke things out. He had to speak. Let there be light. And there was light. And Hebrews tells us, Hebrews help us understand that by faith, the world, as we know it, was framed by the words of God. So the point tonight is, frame your world by faith-filled words. Frame your own world by faith-filled words. Not fear-filled words, but faith-filled words. That's what Paul is saying in this Ephesians 6, 17. So you protect your head, which means you stop listening to lies. And I'm going to give you a, a, a little confession here as, as we close it out. But not only do you protect yourself from lies, you make sure the word of God is in your mouth. I mean, look, 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 I mean, look at the temptation of Jesus. We have the example. So there's nothing happened to us that didn't happen to him. Satan came to him and made him promises. If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made unto bread. Lies. He didn't buy into it. How did he respond? He gave him the word. This is the reason you and I must know the word. But not only knowing it, speaking it out. It's not enough to just know it and believe it. You have to know it. You have to believe it. You have to speak it. The Bible talks about how the angels of God Harking to the voice of the word of God. Angels that sent to battle for us. Those angels are activated by the voice of the word of God. Amen? So embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the miry, razor-sharp spirit sort of the spoken word of God. Praise passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Amen? Okay. Ah. How do I really embrace salvation's full deliverance? I embrace it by declaring my true identity in Christ and declaring what is true about me. For instance, 
when the enemy comes to you with, self, with doubting words, things to, to doubt who you are, what you are, you let the enemy know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Negative thoughts are not my thoughts. I have the mind of Christ. Now, when you're doing this exercise, you, it, it may sound like you're crazy. I mean, hey, what, 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 what is it? But I'm just telling you, these things are very spiritual. They're very spiritual. Speak it out. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Negative thoughts don't belong to me. They don't come from me. They are not mine. I don't own them. Now, people that don't understand what's going on around you may hear you saying those and say, man, is, is this guy going crazy? <laughs> that's fine. You know why I say that's fine? Have you, have you seen people around, around the airport, going in the park, they, they have their Bluetooth on, and their headphone on, and they're just talking. Say, ah, who are they talking to? Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like they're, on, they're, on, they're not intimidated that you're around them. They're having a conversation with someone that you're not hearing, but you're hearing them. But they don't stop because you, because you are looking at them positive. They don't stop. So why should you stop? You're in the battle of your life. It's a matter of life and death. You are telling the enemy, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Negative thoughts, don't be, they don't come from me. I don't own them. I have the mind of Christ. In fact, they may turn around and say, what are you talking about? Maybe an opportunity for you to share witness. But so... This is real. Amen? Remember, the promises of God to you and I are yes in Christ and amen. The yes belongs to him. He gives us the promises, but the amen belongs to us. If you don't amen it, it's not yours. Even though it's been made available for you. That's, 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 the, that's the most tragic thing that can happen to us as believers to know that God has made all these promises available. And we just fail to appropriate it by just saying, Amen. Amen? So when you understand this powerful truth, and I'm looking at the time here, you will not tolerate negative thoughts in your mind. So now, there's an, there's an element of human responsibility here. And I'm about, I'm about, uh, I need to show this to you in Genesis 15, verse 11. When I say element of human responsibility, let me make sure I make that clear. I'm not saying you can do anything about any of this on your own. Okay. We read that scripture last night. It is God that's at work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Paul makes it clear. We are not sufficient of our own to do jack, to do anything. But the spirit of God in us is the one that gets the job done. But you and I have to yield ourselves to that spirit. That's what James chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, I won't read that now. That's what it talks about. About how we resist the devil, we humble ourselves, and grace is released. Humbling ourselves just simply says, I acknowledge that, you know what, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. What's that? What am I missing? Pardon me? Spanish transition. <laughs> I have a mind of Christ. Yeah. 
Genesis 15, verse 11. <laughs> and give it to me in the English language. Thank you. <laughs> I can barely speak English. She's putting Spanish there. <laughs> now, this is the story of Abraham's covenant with God. And when the vultures came down on the carcass, Abraham drove them away. Very, very instructive. God came to Abraham and said, we're going to cut the covenant. Told him to get all the animals and cut them into half. Abraham was going through the process. Now, God never, God never prepared him or warned him that vultures will come. That was not part of his instruction. You can read that in verses 9, 10, you know, leading up to verse 11. But the man caught the animal sacrifices, had them there, and vultures that were not invited showed up to begin to devour the sacrifices that are being offered to God. Now, did Abraham just sit down there and say, oh, vultures, I didn't invite you. Why are you here? No. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. That was his part. He did something based upon what God was doing. He realized that those guys were trespassers and he did not allow them to stay. So what I'm saying to us is when negative thoughts come to your mind, maybe you think your husband is a rascal, your wife is a Jezebel, your, your, your children are uh, uh, rascals, or whatever, you, whatever the thought is. Now, mind you, those thoughts could be, could be facts based on reality. Mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure you understand that. The husband did something wrong, the wife did something wrong, the children are not doing, they're messing up. Those facts may be real. It's up to you to respond in the natural to the facts that you think are real or for you to respond in the spirit, which I didn't get to that tonight, I'll get to that tomorrow night, in the spirit, even though you see those things that are displacing to you in real time, to say, I have the mind of Christ, therefore, like God, I'll call those things that be as though they were, that be not as though they were. Do you, do you hear what I just said? <laughs> God is calling those things that be not as though they were. In current, present reality, it doesn't look good. God could choose to say, man, this is nasty. It's not looking good. And get into a pity party. But no. He didn't do that. He's calling those things that be not as though they were. So what I'm saying is, me and you have the responsibility. When my wife is displeasing to me or irritating me, I can either camp there and say, irritation, displeasure, or having a mind of Christ, I can say, you know what? She's a gift to me. She's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And on and on and on. All the promises of God that God has spoken about her, I embrace that. Even though in current, present reality, it doesn't look like it. In time, those things will change. Because you've gone into the spirit realm yeah. to take a hold of your salvation's full deliverance. 
to change what's happening in the present reality. That's what happens. Do, do you understand that? It works. It works. That's how, that's how God functions. Come on, how else would Jesus have done it when, when Nathanael said, can any good thing come out of Israel, uh, out of Nazareth? Can they, hey, you, Messiah from Nazareth, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? The man said it. But when Jesus saw him, behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. Why did he not complain, Nathanael, you just badmouthed me yesterday. What is your problem? He didn't do it. He didn't touch it at all. He just called Nathaniel what Nathaniel was destined to be. That's what he did. Peter denied him three times. Can you find any account where Jesus went back and said, why did you do it? Not once. Not once. So, in closing, when a negative thought, thought rather, comes at you about yourself, this is how you respond. Not today, devil. <laughs> Not today. That's not my thought. I have the mind of Christ. Not today. We're not doing business today. No, not today. Amen. When a negative thought comes at you about your life, you're not getting promoted, you're not going to make the sale, whatever it is, about your life, your response, not today, devil. That's not my thought. I have the mind of Christ. When a negative thought comes at you about someone else. Now, this is where most of us trip. When a negative thought comes at you about someone else, you respond, not today, devil. <laughs> we are not doing business today. Amen. That's not my thought. I have the mind of Christ. Amen? Very simple. Very simple. Just tell him we're not doing business today. Not today, devil. That thought is not my thought. I don't own it. I don't buy it. It's not me. I have the mind of Christ. Simple as that. Amen? So I want to encourage you to really look at that Proverbs 4.23 in the NLT and the Passion Translation so you can become very familiar with what it says about how your thought determines your future. Amen? Father, we want to thank you for our time together tonight. We thank you for bringing us into an understanding that negative thoughts are not our thoughts because we have the mind of Christ. We have the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of your heart. And so, Father God, we thank you that we are marked, we are guided, we are directed by the mind of Christ. Amen. The perceptions of God is our perception. We embrace it, we thank you for it, 
And we thank you that you released the freedom and the life in this truth in our lives. Tonight and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God.